very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. Another week down, another weekend of top-class sporting action. We look ahead to the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship match. It's Kilkenny versus Clare in the penultimate semi-finals tomorrow. And our resident Formula One fanatic Killian talks us through the British Grand Prix and how one Hollywood A-lister will be taking to the tracks for their next big blockbuster. I'm Jolene Murphy sitting in for Sean Connolly. You're very welcome along to Sportsbeat Extra. Tracking sport across the southeast. Sports Beat Extra. I'm joined now on the line to look ahead to tomorrow's uh, very tasty match between Kilkenny and Clare. It's Aidan Delaney, sports journalist with Off the Ball. Aidan, thank you so much for joining us again. A big GA fan. Are you looking forward to this match tomorrow? Absolutely. I mean, the most wonderful time of the year if you're a hurling fan. We've got kind of the, the big football games out of the way now and you're just looking into two tasty, as you mentioned, tasty semi-finals this weekend. We've got Limerick and Galway, which should be an absolute cracker today. And then the big one for us down here in the southeast is, of course, Kilkenny up against Clare. And, I mean, it's it's really one of those games that you could probably, you know, toss a coin in the air and make your decision based on that because they're two fantastic teams, two teams that like to go out and play hurling the right way. Um, but it is going to be difficult to see how Clare get past this Kilkenny team. Kilkenny are a team that don't lose semi-finals. Uh, Brian Cody got to, I think, 21 of them and won 17. So this is a team that loves the, the wide open spaces of Crow Park and just knows how to get past it. And looking back to that Leinster final, um, you know, the Killian Buckley magic moment. Uh, I mean, that's it's something that's going to be burned into Kilkenny minds for the, for the next couple of years. <laughs> like So, um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Do you think there'll be much of a, a divide in the scores? What's your predictions for the type of battle? Yeah, I think it's, it's like I say, both sides play Harlan the right way, you know, kind of the more traditional way. There's not going to be any kind of uh, sweepers in this game. There's going to be two teams that want to get the ball to their to their big men up front, um, TJ Reid and uh, Tony Kelly on the other side. And it's probably going to be a high scoring game. And I think that'll probably suit Kilkenny coming down to it. I think you look at players' performances this year and they do like to put big scores up on the board, but they do leave an awful lot of points behind them as well. Looking back to the Munster final, they probably had enough scores to win that game but just kind of a couple of snapshots maybe players taking on opportunities that maybe just weren't on that kind of extra pass is missing in the Clare attack at the minute and Kilkenny know all about kind of shutting that down they did it really well against Galway even though they did need that little bit of magic right at the end to to rescue the Leinster final so I think Kilkenny will be happy enough to kind of allow the game to become a bit more wild and a bit more uh, chaotic because they know that when the time comes down to it they have the players that will be able to put the ball over the bar when it really really comes down to it so I think it's probably going to come down to a couple of but like I say when you have got somebody like TJ Reid I was actually reading Eddie Brennan's uh, column this morning and he was saying that TJ probably hasn't had the, the best of years so far and yet he's still Kenny's top scorer by a long distance he's probably the I can't remember whether it's himself or Patrick Horgan now because they've kind of switched it for the last couple of uh, games but he's the most successful uh, free taker in the game at the minute he's somebody who is going to be just clockwork any kind of free that's inside the kind of 65 yard line you just know that TJ is going to put that over and 
kind of a, a big blow on the scoreboard, but it's a psychological blow as well. If you're somebody like John Conn, who's coming into this game, might have that little bit of a niggle of an injury. He knows he can't just foul man and kind of take the easy free there because TJ is going to put that over so it just puts that little bit of doubt in his mind as well and any kind of doubt that you have in a game like this Kenny will be able to exploit it just get the ball to own Cody get it to one of those forwards Mossy Kyogen might be back for this game as well and they'll be able to punish you so uh, I, I probably Kenny will probably just edge this but you win. look at Claire and Claire. Yeah, yeah, Claire are one of these sides that just, they have the talent, but do they have the nous to get past it? I mean, the last couple of games that Kilkenny have played against Clare have been All-Ireland semi-finals, and Kilkenny have just found the way to win. So, Clare are a team that are coming. There is an All-Ireland in this team, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. And injury doubts for Clare, especially there was one or two in the lead-up to the weekend. Is there any injury doubts that come to mind that you think will really impact the, either team's? Yeah, I think, like I mentioned, John Conlon is such a key man. And as a Wexford man, I've, I've seen plenty of John Conlon over the years and he's broken my heart many a time. So <laughs> if if he isn't playing, I think that's going to be a big boost to the Kilkenny forwards. Um, you're looking at David McInerney as well. He was struggling a little bit. It's not believed to be good news in terms of Conor Cleary as well. Mm. He's unlikely to feature. He's a bit of a shoulder problem and he's been kind of this converted fullback for the last few games and he has worked well there but I think if you're kind of putting up a makeshift defence against the Kilkenny side the likes of Owen Cody and you know if Adrian Mullen manages to get back injury against Wexford in the final round Robin game and missed the Leinster final but there is a bit of talk that he might be able to come back into this game and Adrian Mullen is one of those players who looks like you know kind of one of these generational talents that Kilkenny seem to have in abundance Um, you know obviously been so key with Ballyhale for the last couple of years as well if he manages to come into the midfield I think that's that's you know guaranteed ball every time it's going to get some you know put some ball into the forwards. Martin Keoghan, Mossy Keoghan, as he's known, he was forced off as a substitute in the Leinster final. Um, he's been brilliant any time he's managed to get on. He's got 5-9 so far this year in the championship, which is a brilliant score for a young man who you know, wouldn't be the main focus of a Kilkenny attack. So if he man- manages to come back in as well, I think he'll love that chaos, of, especially if there's a makeshift uh, Clare backline. So a couple of injury concerns, but both teams have big panels. Um, the likes of Mark Rogers coming in for Clare. He's been an absolute revelation this year. I was chatting to Jamesy O'Connor recently and Jamesy can't go two sentences without mentioning how brilliant Mark Rogers is. So you uh, can will have to keep an eye on him. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it should be a good game. Will anyway. you be watching it in person now or will you be watching it through keen eyes on a screen? Where where will you be uh, on Sunday well, at four? Unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to be working back at base in off ah. the ball. So I'll be trying to make sure that our phone <laughs> lines are working and all this kind of stuff. But I'll try to catch as much of it as I can anyway. And I'll be just finished work by the time the Limerick Galway game is on. So I'll be looking Great. forward to that too. One wandering eye from then. Thank you so much. That's Aidan Delaney, sports journalist at Off the Ball. So will you be watching at four o'clock? The All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship reaches the penultimate stage, Kilkenny against Clare. Five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. News broke this week that the owner and former chairman of Fleetwood Town FC and the owner of Waterford FC was this week jailed for a multi million pound fraud. It's been described as duping firms into expensive energy accounts. Andy Pilly was this week jailed for 13 years. I'm joined now by Waterford based sports journalist Nigel Kelly. And Nigel, you can talk us through this for those who haven't heard about the story. Yeah, so it is big news, um, Jolene, because 
the reality of it is a League of Ireland club owner and chairman is now in prison and he's going to be there for the next 13 years as you've said uh, his firm BES an energy supply business in England uh, had uh, they, they took 15 million pounds uh, from, from clients fraudulently um, Andy Pitty was convicted on four counts of fraud um, other parties involved his sister being one of them were also charged and convicted uh, Andy Pilly is serving by far the longest sentence 13 years we expected about 10 possibly the judge threw the book at him ultimately uh, he's also barred from being a director of a club or a business for, for the next 13 years It's put a bit of a shadow because of the link with uh, Waterford FC what was yeah. his involvement with the club until until this point? So Andy Pilly bought Waterford FC just over a year ago he bought it from Richard Forrest who was the previous owner who lasted one year also um, Richard Forrest sold the club to Andy Pilly it's believed to be in the region of just, just north of a million euro uh, he bought the club and he came in with a good reputation. He was the Fleetwood owner. He brought Fleetwood up through six tiers of promotion through the English Football League. 18 years, good reputation for running a club, had good staff around him, knew what he was doing. Here's the guy who is actually going to really move Waterford FC on. And the indications have been good, right? Aside from what we've seen here, the actual management of the club has been impressive. The fans for Waterford FC, they wanted some hometown involvement. Everyone wanted Alan Reynolds back since he'd left three years ago. Well, they got Rennie back a couple of months back. They brought in an experienced League of Ireland manager in Keith Long, a guy who had done massive work, huge, really impressive stuff at Bohemians over an eight-year spell. Not many managers, Jolene, last in the League of Ireland for eight years at one club. It's very rare. So to get Keith Long, a really respected Premier Division manager in the League of Ireland, to come to Waterford, Alan Reynolds in place, you keep your other hometown coaches... The fans were given all they want and the success, the team were starting to play better. It's important to note that they have been performing really strongly as a team on their own yeah. individuals. There was a statement that was released this week uh, following on from the news of Andy Pilly, and it says, Waterford Football Club would like to reassure supporters that they'll continue to operate as normal and there'll be no risk to the future of the club. The club's senior management team and directors have been planning for a number of months for the event of a verdict of this nature. Yeah. A meeting of the club's management has taken place and plans are in operation to ensure it's business as usual. We'd like to reassure supporters charges are solely brought against Andy and not Waterford FC, Fleetwood Town or any other business attached to the group. An announcement regarding the next step will be made in due course and I'd just like to say we wish the club every success in the future as they go on to the next chapter. What's coming up this year? What have they got to look forward to? Well, they have an FAI Cup uh, game with St. Michael's look forward to in the next couple of weeks, a chance of picking up silverware. They're also looking at the playoffs is the reality. They're Massive not... news for them. Yeah, but look, they're not going to get promotion, um, automatic promotion this year. It's an almost impossibility. They're 13 points off Galway. Hard to see that gap closing. They're paving that way though. They are, but look, they are going to be in the playoffs again, uh, almost definitely. And they were there last year. It's a really tough route to go. You have four games you have to win and then you've got to finally beat a Premier Division team who have one game in order to stay alive. So it's not an ideal situation. Again, we wish them the best of luck in the future. For the next chapter, Nigel Kelly, sports journalist, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Jolene. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. Turning our attention now to something a little different. It's Formula One action this weekend with the big race taking place tomorrow. Our in-house Formula One fanatic, Killian, joins us now. <laughs> a great description, Jolene. Thank you very much. How are you? <laughs> great. I even see that you're donned in your, my in your Red Bull, gear. My Red Bull attire, yep. Up the Red Bulls. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Silverstone's always a great race weekend. Um, I was actually in London this time last year for it um, oh. and it was the big one uh, Guo Jan, or Joe Guan Yu had the big crash and went over and was like red flag and I was stopped for like nearly 40 minutes before anyone knew was he okay or not but thankfully it was all good but yeah Silverstone always gives us great action What's it like to be a spectator? 
Um, I wasn't at it. I was actually just in London, but okay, I was at the Barcelona okay. Grand Prix that's last right, year. It's really, right. really good. Um, it's mad, like because a lot of people say to me, like, "Why are you a fan of Formula One? It's just cars going around the track, like, <laughs> and not. it is. But it's just it's the sound of the engines. It's you know the whole buzz of the fans. Like, I remember going to Barcelona. I was like, I won't be able to find the track. Like, I've never been to Barcelona before. And then it was about like two hundred people in like Ferrari t-shirts. So I was like, <laughs> now I know where I'm going. Follow those guys. It's just a great buzz, and it's a brilliant sport, and it's actually one of the nicest kind of crowds I've ever been at. You know, like not the Irish we can get kind of rowdy and stuff but you know it was just no, it was good vibes sometimes the two teams polar opposites they can be quite clashing whereas there's more of a dynamic or more wide yeah. range of fans for more people exactly and there's people from all ages you've got the new fans obviously with Drive Survive coming in you've got like people who would have followed Schumacher back mm-hmm. in the day and like it's the thing with Formula 1 you kind of you have one team but like if you have a driver drivers move teams throughout like their careers so like you know you could be supporting Ferrari one year and then you could be supporting Red Bull the next or Mercedes do you know so like so <laughs> loads but uh, no it's good fun but no looking forward to tomorrow's race so talk us through Silverstone it's in London for people who don't know what it is why is it such a big event um, yeah it's um, it's massive because it's the only British Grand Prix um, on the calendar this year and um, there's talks of maybe a street circuit coming to London Lewis Hamilton is pushing for it Sebastian Vettel when he was in the sports is pushing for a street circuit which I think would be cool I'd love a street circuit in Dublin imagine Formula 1 <laughs> going around like oh GPO and stuff um, but yeah it's, it's just massive and and it's, I suppose it's the closest thing we have to a race, even though we're not British, but it's just, it's the closest one to us to hop over on a plane. But um, yeah, um, it looks like Max Verstappen is going to dominate again this weekend with Red Bull. Um, but the big talking point this weekend, why it's so big, is that um, Brad Pitt is there. So not only do we have our in-house Formula One fanatic, we also have our entertainment reporter, Killian, <laughs> coming in to tell us, what is Brad Pitt doing in Formula One at the Grand Prix so basically Lewis Hamilton is pushing for a realistic Formula One movie now we did have Rush with I can't remember the actors in it but I remember um, it's the guy if anyone watches the MCU it's the guy who plays um, Zemo in Civil War in Captain America in Civil War he was one of the drivers but it's kind of not the realism whatever but um, Lewis Hamilton said if he given the chance if he wasn't in Formula One he was offered by Tom Cruise to drive one of the planes in Top Gun Maverick and the big thing about but that was realism and that Top Gun they wanted you know proper people who flew planes and people who were trained up so Lewis Hamilton got great inspiration of this so um, he's pushing he's uh, I don't know if he's directing it but he's kind of overseeing it mm. um, production manager maybe of this Formula 1 movie so Brad Pitt is the main star but they want realism so they're here at the Silverstone Grand Prix to film shots of Brad Pitt in a Formula 1 car so he is a driver of it. He driver. He's not directing it. He's not a producer. Yeah. So he has his own. So if you watch Formula One, you'll know the pit lanes. Each team has their own garage. But this weekend in Silverstone, there's an extra garage for um, Brad Pitt. Sonny Hayes is his character's name. So like they're filming in between sessions, practice sessions yesterday. They were filming. They were out on track. It turns out standing yeah. behind, the, behind the scenes on the front line as well. So he's been training um, in a Formula One car. Some fans like myself, I was a bit worried because, you know, Drivers take years to get the hang of the sport. They're such fast cars. Like you could be going 200 kilometers around a bend, you know, and the G-force on your neck and everything. But he's trained up and they're filming it. Now, it's not Formula 1 cars they're driving. They're actually driving Formula 2 cars, but they're modified to look like um, Formula 1 cars. Now, okay. if you go on Twitter, you'll see the images. They've got the Formula... What's one- the difference between 2 and 1? 
So Formula Two is kind of like it's kind of like the championship in the okay. Premier League. So the cars are not as fast as Formula One cars. So there's okay. F three as well. So you kind of work your way up. If you're kind of seventeen, eighteen, you will start off in F three, F two, and work your way up. So the cars are a bit slower. They're not as um, I think you know. They're in, I don't really watch Formula Two. It's terrible. Like I'd watch it if it was on before, but I think they don't have the same leeway. I think most of the cars are kind of the same as in Formula One. Each team designs their He's own. He's not going to be taking part in the races, but he'll be on the track. He'll be on track. Well, here's the controversy. It was said that he was going to be taking part in some of the sessions, so um, a lot of drivers are kind of annoyed because, like, that's an unprofessional driver coming in to us. It's dangerous. Yeah, if he makes one mistake as an unprofessional, you know, he could someone you know or Hurt kill himself someone. you know or it could be massive but the thing is um, before the Formula 1 race on Sunday um, they do a thing called a formation lap where they go around really slowly around the track and then they line up on their spot in the grid where they're going to start now whoever um, is first is on pole position as they say mm-hmm. um, and they obviously lead in what order you're going to be so if you're in third you'll start the formation lap in third and line up third but whoever is the pole sitter tomorrow um, will be replaced by Brad Pitt so he can lead them around for that one slow lap so they can get footage of him with all the rest of it because like, all the teams are going to be in the film anyway Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, Haas they're all going to be in the film so that's the big thing but it looks phenomenal now I have to say it does a lot of work has gone into it So from like my my heart is nearly racing at the idea of the production value for a movie like that I know we're kind of jumping between the two but or when you found out that this was going to be happening, you must be so excited as such a big fan. Yeah, I, I kind of mixed it? opinions because I've actually fallen off the film wagon in a while. I haven't watched a good movie, but I still, I would watch it and sit down. And if they're going that in depth and I've heard great things about Top Gun Maverick of how realistic mm. like the plane scenes were and from like people who actually fly planes pilots and fighter pilots said it was incredible. So I'm really excited. But um, it's yet to be given a name. Apex is supposed to be the name of the film but um, yeah the 59 year old Hollywood actor um, has started filming this weekend um, and now the driver boards as I said are above the garages photographed in place featuring unfamiliar names Sonny Hayes and Joshua Pierce, also known as um, Brad Pitt and British actor Damson I, uh, Damson Idris maybe a relation to Idris El oh no that's his first name (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah Pitt stars um, as a racing driver who steps out of retirement to compete alongside an up and coming rookie against the titans of the sport according to details that have already been divulged to the public Um, as I said modified F2 cars will be filming on track and on the pit lane without getting in the way of the regular F1 schedule of practice qualifying and the race now it's going to be on Apple TV Mm. and it's directed by Joseph Konzinski the director of Top Gun Maverick with Mercedes seven times world champion Lewis Hamilton as the co-producer and he has said as well that there are nerves because it's something that they've been working up to for so long and all eyes will be on the British Grand Prix this weekend but he also said in Lewis Hamilton's word we want everyone to love it and to really feel that we encapsulate what the essence of the sport is all about it's very exciting so even if you're not into the Grand Prix you might be changing over your channel to see if you can catch a glimpse of Brad Pitt (laughs) yeah and uh, Grand Prix are great for um Spotting. The celebs. People spotting. First celeb, yeah, yeah, like Tom Cruise was at it last year. He was in the garage with Mercedes. Um, Martin Brundle, who's a Sky Sports commentator, does a grid walk. So before the race, about half an hour, like all the kind of stars and footballers are out looking at the cars before the national cool. anthem. 
Tom Holland flew the flag at Monaco. There was like Serena Williams, DJ Khaled was famous last year for like going up to Martin Brundle and he didn't know who he was. He was like, who are you? He was like, I'm DJ Khaled. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you like the glitz and glam of the world and not the actual race itself, it's definitely worth it. question, will you be watching it on Sunday? Oh, I will. I've been watching it all weekend. So, and the good thing this uh, weekend, usually it's Sky Sports. So obviously if you have Sky Sports or a Now membership, you have to pay to watch it. But um, for the Silverstone Grand Prix, because it's a British um, race, Channel 4, it's free to air. So all weekend. Have you not been weekend. tempted to go over now and see it? It's because tickets. It's so can't tickets. can't okay. get tickets. It's gone so popular with Drive to Survive. My friend went to Spa in 2018 or 2019. It was the year that um, Leclerc went over the top of Fernando Alonso. He was on a McLaren and Leclerc was Alfa Romeo. And he said it was half full, the Spa, uh, the Belgian Grand Prix. He said, wow. like, you could go wherever. We, he had general admission, but he got down to where, like, they were interviewing after, the, uh, interviewing after the race. Met Will Buxton from Drive to Survive and everything. And he said, you can't get him now. You cannot get them because it's just such a fan base now, which is great for the sport as well. But I suppose for long-time fans who, you know, just like to go to the odd race and then see that it's, you know, you could, like, a couple of years ago, you could have booked, I'd say, a month or two months in advance to Silverstone. Now it's, like, sold out at start. Wow. Now. You can't even get a chance. In. But look like that, you can watch it from home. Killian, thanks so much for joining Anytime, us. Anytime, The British Grand Prix takes place all this weekend with the big race on Sunday. This is Sports Beat Extra. That's all for today's show. To listen back or to check out our other episodes, you can head to our website, beach102103.com forward slash podcasts. Now, lots of music still here to come on Beach to get your Saturday night started.